0: welcome you to our reintroduction webinar celebrating the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act being back in Congress. I will be your Zoom host tonight. I'm Brent Seese, CCL's Vice President of Programs, and we'd love to formally welcome you to this amazing all-supporter call where we get to celebrate this monumental news and fill you in the details on how to take action. And with that, let me introduce our esteemed speaker lineup tonight. We have the wonderful Mark Reynolds, CCL's Executive Director to kick things off. We'll pass it then to Ben Pendergrass, CCL's Vice President of Government Affairs, as well as Dana Nucratelli, CCL's Research Coordinator. And we'll make sure to hear from our amazing program staff too, Ellie Sparks, my dear friend, CCL's Senior Director of Programs, as well as Elizabeth Dell, CCL's Program Manager. And if we've done our job well, we have the following agenda that we'll be following tonight. We want to make sure to build in Q&A time that you can see here, but we'll start with a legislative and policy overview. We'll talk about some data behind the main benefit, and we'll make sure to also have the chance to talk about how you can talk about the Energy Innovation Act in your community and get active. So with that, thank you all so much for being here. It's a real honor to have you joining us, and I will pass it over to you, Mark.
1: Thanks so much, Brett. This Monday in Santa Barbara, California, Representative Carbajal re, uh, announced the reintroduction of the Energy Innovation Act. You can see Representative Carbajal there with a CCL pin uh, standing next to Olivia Malonis. Uh, if you looked, saw the weekly briefing this week, you saw that there was a 16 minute announcement. The first part of that announcement was C- Representative Carbajal, followed by Olivia Malonis from our staff, and then Carol Switzer from our Santa Barbara chapter. Um, we want to thank Representative Carbajal for the extraordinary leadership in introducing this and thank his staff for all the work to actually help get the bill out. On Wednesday, the bill was actually dropped. Why they use the word dropped is when a new bill is introduced, it is actually dropped into a box. So um, that's hence the word dropped. So on Wednesday, the bill was was dropped. Uh, What we'll be doing, as Brett said, we'll start by discussing the bill. We'll have Ben Pendergrass and Dana Nucitelli talking about the details of the bill, and then uh, taking some questions. And then, as he said, we'll hear from our uh, program staff, Ellie Sparks and Elizabeth Dell, who'll go over how we are rolling it out into the organization. So let me start by turning things over to Ben Pendergrass.
2: Hey, thanks, Mark. And thank you guys for joining us this evening. I'm Ben Pendergrass. I'm CCL's Vice President of Government Affairs. And we're super excited for the reintroduction of the Energy Innovation Act this week. Now we again have an important tool at our disposal to push for big emissions reductions as fast as possible. And it's also just fun to note that this is the first carbon pricing bill to be introduced this Congress. So let's start off by reminding ourselves why the Energy Innovation Act is so important. First, it helps get us to net zero by 2050. It's going to help ensure that Americans have access to affordable clean energy. And it's going to put money in the pockets of American households and it's also going to save lives. Dana and Ellie will talk about more talk more about each of these uh, a little bit later on. Second, let's talk about what has changed since the Energy Innovation Act was last introduced. You know, in many ways it's a different world. On the positive side of things, the most important climate legislation in history was passed and your advocacy played a major role in that victory. Passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, combined with the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill and some other legislation, has begun an unprecedented level of investment to decarbonize our economy and produce more clean energy. On the not-so-great side, the Russian invasion of Ukraine has produced a prolonged period of volatility in energy prices, and we have been in a long period of inflation that America has really not experienced for several decades. All these things kind of impact the way policy is talked about up here in D.C. Lastly, we should remind ourselves of how the political landscape has changed. When the Energy Innovation Act was last introduced, the executive branch and both houses of Congress were controlled by one party. So while we believe bipartisan action is best and most durable path forward for action on climate, we knew a partisan reconciliation bill was going to be one of the main pathways for major climate action, and our focus on getting as many co-sponsors, even if they were from just one party, reflected that moment. And it really got us very close to getting a carbon price included in the reconciliation package that ended up becoming the Inflation Reduction Act. So let's talk about the bill. Well, it's the same. It's the same 3 legged stool of a carbon price with a dividend with a border adjustment. We have the same $15 a ton initial starting price, the same $10 annual rate of increase, same 100% dividend to every adult, and a half dividend going to every child. There's still a border carbon adjustment designed to protect American industry by being from being undercut by dirtier foreign competitors. And it will also drive down the global, global emissions through the use of the American marketplace. The studies on accountability and the automatic increase of the fee if we're not meeting emissions or targets are still there. What's different? Honestly, not a whole lot. It's largely the same except for largely yearly targets for emissions reductions up to 8% annually until 2030, and after that, 2.5% a year from 2005 emissions. These targets are achievable and necessary to hit the reductions we know are needed by 2030 and 2050. 2005 number is another change. You might remember the baseline used to be 2010. Well, the change is mainly because 2005 is now the most widely used baseline year, so it just makes it easier to talk about the bill. So what should you guys do now? Well, we are asking all CCL supporters to contact their representatives and ask them to co-sponsor the bill. This is an important moment to remind all members of Congress that a carbon price is still an important tool to reduce emissions, and this is the most direct message to Congress and one they will understand. However, remember a few moments ago, I talked about how things have changed since the Energy Innovation Act was last introduced. This means the bill introduction is going to look a little different than last Congress. In a divided Congress, Congressman Hall wants to hold open a space for outreach to Republicans in the House. That's why you won't see this time a long list of original co-sponsors. Or for Congressman Hall to maybe immediately add a bunch of co-sponsors in that way and see the impact of your emails. That doesn't mean they're not being read. It doesn't mean the previous co-sponsors no longer support the bill. Last Congress, it made strategic sense to have as many Democrat co-sponsors as possible. This Congress, it is important to hold open that space for bipartisan dialogue, but we should still send a message to all members asking to the co-sponsor to remind all members that this is an important policy. Additionally, when the bill was last introduced, our focus really was on Congress. We knew something was going to happen. This time, our focus is for the long-term success and it really needs to be about building support for this policy in our communities. More than ever, we need to grow our base of support on the ground to move Congress on a carbon price. We have done a lot to advance this policy. It came very close to being in the reconciliation package. Now we really need to widen and deepen our grassroots support for the bill to set us up for success. This outreach in communities is also important because right now we might be about to enter government shutdown and it's really going to impact how we can communicate with Congress. We don't know how long this would last, but for most congressional offices, this is where their focus is going to be for the next several weeks. And it really won't work out very well if we focus all our attention on Congress once the shutdown, if it happens, begins. In closing, I just want to say this is a really important moment. It's always an achievement when a bill is introduced in any Congress, it's never easy. And it would not be happening without sheer efforts. We are committed to advancing policies that bring us closer to our goal of a livable planet and the Energy Innovation Act will do that. But don't just take it from me. Let's hear it from Congressman Carbajal in his own words.
3: I want to thank uh, the board and board members and and supporters, uh, many of which are behind me and here in the room uh, with the Citizens Climate Lobby uh, and who have really demonstrated focused leadership on addressing climate change, especially with the, the concept and the legislation that I am going to be unveiling. And I'm going to talk, we're going to today talk about that legislation. But I will tell you, it's Citizens Climate Lobby who's been at the forefront of pushing for this legislation since I got to Congress and before. And I'm just glad to be able to pick up that torch and to continue that. Many people before me have introduced similar bills. And we've tweaked the bill over the years. And this is the latest iteration and my first time.
4: That was really nice. Thanks to Representative Carbajal for reintroducing the Energy Innovation Act and for saying such nice things about our work at CCL. So now let's talk about the data behind the bill's main benefits. As Ben said, first and foremost, the Energy Innovation Act will help us reach net zero climate pollution by 2050 because carbon pricing is the single most powerful tool we have to drive down America's carbon pollution and ensure a healthy climate. As we'll see on the next slides, it's critical to hitting our climate targets of 50% carbon pollution reductions by 2030 and net zero by 2050. On this chart, you can see that based on various modeling efforts, the Inflation Reduction Act, Clean Energy Permitting Reform, and the Energy Innovation Act together will get us on track to meet our commitment to cut U.S. climate pollution 50% by 2030. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act was a good start, but we've learned that we need Congress to pass a clean energy permitting reform package to unlock its full climate potential uh, so that a too-slow permitting process doesn't handcuff the clean energy transition. But those policies would still leave us short of our 2030 targets. So then the carbon price in the Energy Innovation Act would get us the rest of the way there. While a carbon price creates the financial incentive to deploy clean energy solutions, Uh, It also needs clean energy permitting reform to allow those solutions to get built. So they're both important and complementary policies. The Energy Innovation Act also includes annual targets for climate pollution cuts. If we miss those targets one year, the carbon price will rise $15 instead of $10 the next year to get us back on track. As Ben noted, those targets have been adjusted in the new version of the Energy Innovation Act, to be consistent with cutting our climate pollution about 50% by 2030, and then still reaching net zero by 2050. Uh, Second, as I noted, the bill helps deploy plenty of reliable, affordable, clean energy. You can read the key message that we'd like you to convey about this point in the blue box on this slide. By putting a price on climate pollution, the bill incentivizes the deployment of clean energy technologies like solar and wind, which are the cheapest sources of new energy today. That would accelerate the transition away from fossil fuels, whose unstable prices often cause price shocks and contribute to inflation. And research has shown that carbon pricing promotes innovation, leading to the development of better and cheaper clean technologies. And of course, we want our climate policies to be fair and affordable. We get that thanks to the carbon cashback portion of the Energy Innovation Act. Uh, The key message that we'd like you to convey about this point is shown in the blue box on this slide. Those monthly carbon cashback payments will provide a great financial boost for most American families. The Household Impact Study found that because low and middle income households have relatively small carbon footprints, The equally-sized carbon cashback checks will be larger than their increased energy bills, so they'll get a net income from the Energy Innovation Act. That'll reduce income inequality and poverty. Uh, In fact, a recent study estimated that an Energy Innovation Act-sized carbon fee and dividend would lift 1.6 million Americans, including half a million children, out of poverty within five years. And finally, we also want cleaner air and to live longer, healthier lives. With the Energy Innovation Act, we'll get quick, efficient reduction of pollution that starts saving lives right away with the key message shown again here in the blue box. That's because transitioning to clean technologies also reduces air pollution, which is currently responsible for about a quarter million premature American deaths every year. If we're successful in reaching net zero climate pollution by 2050, Research estimates that will avoid 1.4 million premature American deaths over the next 20 years and 4.5 million over the next 50 years. So I'll stop there and hand it over to Tony to see if we've got any questions.
5: Thank you, Dana. Uh, We do have a number of questions. Here's one for for Ben. Can you say anything about uh, uh, Senate carbon pricing bills?
2: Well, we'd certainly expect some Senate pricing bills to happen. Um, we know that Sarah Whitehouse plans to introduce his bill. Sarah Van Hollen plans to introduce his bill this year. And there's always an opportunity for a Senate version of the Energy Innovation Act, but that would be be down the road at this point.
5: Dana, there's a question. Uh, someone's surprised that the emissions reduction percentage is still worded as 50% by 2030. Uh, can you say why that hasn't been pushed up, out later?
4: Um, Well, we're on track right now for somewhere around 40% by 2030, just with the Inflation Reduction Act. And so uh, getting to 50% uh, is what the Energy and Inflation Act uh, carbon price will do. We need to get to to close that gap to get that extra 10% to get to the 50% uh, by 2030.
5: And Ben, can you say more about the prospects for getting Republicans on this bill?
2: There's still a chance. I mean, these conversations are happening. We know from our meetings in June that there's still interest in this idea and this and in the concept and a lot of those meetings had a positive impact. Congressman Carvajal has been having a lot of uh, conversations with other members as well. Um it's a weird time in Congress right now. If if you're reading the newspaper that might become pretty evident. Um but so we think there's still room to make this a bipartisan conversation about carbon pricing. Um and that's what we're going to continue to work on. Great.
5: And one more question for you Ben. Do um, you think it's good to say that the Energy Innovation Act helps keep the U.S. competitive in the global economy. Is that fair to say? Why or
2: why not? Absolutely. I mean, we know a European carbon border adjustment mechanism is coming in October and uh, other countries that don't have a similar carbon price are going to have to pay their fee um, and other countries are going to consider it. And we also know that America in most instances does have a carbon advantage over most of our global competitors. So I think it does help us. It is fair to say that it will help us in a global marketplace if we have a domestic carbon price with a border carbon adjustment.
5: Great, Uh, with that, I'm gonna turn things over to Ellie and if you have more questions, you can put them in the Q&A, we'll answer them there or we'll get to them on the forums on community. So Ellie, take it away.
6: All right, thank you, Tony. So first let's look at the top level tips for talking about the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. As Ben and Dana have said, the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act is the most powerful tool for lowering carbon emissions that Congress has in its policy toolbox. There are four key elements that CCL loves. First, the Energy Innovation Act puts us on a clear path to achieving net zero by 2050. Second, it makes fossil fuels more expensive, so businesses will innovate and compete to provide the best low cost clean energy alternatives. Third, it ensures that the majority of Americans will have more money at their disposal than before, thanks to the dividend portion or cashback part of the bill. And fourth, it gives us a quick and efficient reduction of pollution that starts saving lives right away. You might find that your audience is more attracted to one or more of these ideas, and if that's the case, you can tailor your message to your audience. You don't have to cover all four of these benefits. We've got three additional tips regarding language around the bill. We are now referring to the carbon dividend by the phrase carbon cashback. This term was created and workshopped by CCLers at tables And it's fine to say carbon dividend, we're using carbon cashback because it is easily understood as a payment to people. We are also using polluters pay along with carbon fee as it helps clarify that the fee is paid at the source, not by the people. And a disclaimer here, if you find these word choices don't work for all of your conversations, you can choose other words instead to describe these concepts and please let us know how it goes also please know that this time around we will drop the use of eicda as the shortened name for the energy innovation and carbon dividend act instead when you want to save your breath simply say the energy innovation act it took me over a year to remember the order of the letters for eicda And once I finally got those letters memorized in the proper order, saying it to someone while tabling or presenting wouldn't give them a clue as to what the bill was about. On the other hand, when I simply say the Energy Innovation Act, people know I am talking about creative, exciting things happening with regards to energy. So thank you for helping to make this change. It might be hard at first especially after all of those years of saying EICDA. But we want to let folks hear the message of the bill in the shortened version of the bill's name. And you are more than welcome to use the long name of the bill, the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. Now, as Ben said, we want to promote with our members of Congress and in our communities, we want folks knowing about the Energy Innovation Act. First and foremost, we want more people to learn about and support the Energy Innovation Act. So we're gonna look at our strategy and plans for this piece of the work. Let's get out there and table on the Energy Innovation Act. We want people to hear about it at farmers markets, fall festivals, state fairs, and anywhere else you can set up a table or walk around with a clipboard.
7: That's right, Ellie and CCL staff have been busy updating tabling materials for our outreach. We have full page and quarter page handouts available in both English and Spanish. These have been modified slightly from the previous version with a new tagline polluters pay people get a carbon cash back and they've added a QR code linking to the Energy Innovation Act website. When tabling or clipboarding, I'd suggest having a few of the two-sided full-size handouts, perhaps laminated, available to show people while you talk to them. Make sure one of them is in Spanish because even if you don't speak Spanish, someone who stops by might and it creates a more inclusive space for them. The quarter sheet flyer is a great handout for people to take with them. And a lot of you will be excited about this next one the return of the constituent comment form. This new form is for the Energy Innovation Act only. There are two versions, one asking a representative to become a co-sponsor and one for representatives who have co-sponsored. The design is simple and eye-catching. The graphic shows how significant the Energy Innovation Act will be in reducing emissions. The form is easy for a constituent to fill out with a space for a brief personalized message. And for folks who want to join CCL, they can just check the join CCL box. We'll be collecting as many of these as possible now through the spring when we'll deliver them to our representatives' district offices. Together, we'll send a strong message of grassroots support to Congress from every corner of the country. We've also updated the display-sized monthly carbon cashback check. Rick Knight, CCL Research Coordinator, recalculated the estimated dividend, taking into consideration several factors, that emissions in 2025 will be significantly lower due to the IRA, that the U.S. population has grown, and that administrative startup costs will be higher. He's also factored in an estimate for inflation. With that, the new estimated monthly dividend for a family of four in the first year of the bill, 2025, is about $51.
6: All right, thanks. So this is also an opportunity to drive interest in your community by shifting the focus of presentations back to the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. You can brush up on scheduling and presenting skills by joining the presenters and schedulers action team where volunteers Dave Kane, Abe Mazaliak, and John Keller will take good care of you. As many of you have learned in CCL, presenting is a team sport. Someone in your chapter who is organized and gently persistent can line up presentations. Maybe that's you. You might be the scheduler. Someone in your chapter can present. This would be a volunteer who enjoys public speaking or would like to stretch outside of their comfort zone and give a talk. Maybe you are the presenter for your chapter. And a small team of one or two or three people to join the presenter. This team sits in the audience and helps with networking before and after the talk. You may even be able to convince the hosting organization to allow your chapter to set up a table outside of the auditorium so audience members have a place to learn more about CCL and the Energy Innovation Act after the presentation concludes. Presenting is a team sport that includes the scheduler, the presenter, and the networkers or this work can be done by just one person who schedules, presents, and networks lots of flexibility
7: here. That's right. And of course, to help you with your presentations, we have an updated slide deck about the Energy Innovation Act. You may incorporate it into your presentation, or it could be used on its own. The slides include the bill benefits, how it works, and information about why the Inflation Reduction Act clean energy permitting reform, and the Energy Innovation Act together will help us cut U.S. carbon pollution 50% by 2030. It even includes a TikTok video by our own Dana Nucitali explaining how carbon pricing works. All of these resources that we've reviewed can be found under the resources section of the Energy Innovation Act training topic page. And we'll put links in the chat. It also They also can be found in the Energy Innovation Act resource directory link. While you are
6: out there tabling and clipboarding, gathering constituent comment forms to deliver to the district offices in the spring, you will likely encounter people who want to join your chapter. So utilize this time to find those folks and engage them in your chapter. Do you remember our top tips for engaging new volunteers? I hope so. First is to contact potential members within 24 hours. Over the course of three days, try all three ways, text, email, call, before you give up on them. Second is to ask if they want to learn more about volunteering with your chapter. Third, if they want to learn more, then schedule a call with them. And fourth, on that call, get to know them some more, figure out how they can plug in right away if they're ready for that, and get them engaged. They could help you with your next tabling event. And lastly, endorsements. This is a great time to reconnect with people who previously endorsed the Energy Innovation Act or carbon fee and dividend in general. Let them know that the 118th Congress now has an Energy Innovation Act celebrate this fact with them, ask if they have any questions, and strengthen the connections that your chapter has with leaders in the community. This is also a good time to reach out to local respected leaders whom you haven't yet approached. Inform them about the Energy Innovation Act, invite them to endorse the bill, thus increasing the number of local respected leaders who now know about the Energy Innovation Act, have learned about CCL, and can possibly help with your advocacy efforts.
7: And during your conversations with previous endorsers or potential new supporters, you can use the handouts we've reviewed. Um, You could use the slideshow as a way of talking to them about the Energy Innovation Act, and then make sure to direct them to the endorsement page and have them choose the second option, I support a carbon cashback, which references the Energy Innovation Act. That's awesome. at cclusa.org backslash endorse for those of you on the phone.
6: And Brett, can you open up the chat so folks can uh, be chatting here? Because I've ha- I've got a question for everyone. What would you like to do with your chapter to help spread the word about the Energy Innovation Act? So let's go to the chat and y'all can pop that in there. And I already see an answer who actually... Gisella wrote, before I even ask this question, all of these tools are encouraging me to do a presentation. We'll continue to read up on the bill. So take a look at that list, tabling, clipboarding, onboarding, welcome new volunteers. I'm seeing some responses. We'll read a few of these. Danella says, drown my MOC's office in these constituent comment letters. Alex says, present. Tabling says, Philip, on campus. Oh, love to see campus work there. Using new tabling says, Linda Mark also says tabling and LTEs, Paul would like to present. Debbie says she's going to have her newish volunteers practice the talking points, especially the conservative ones. And she shares a special link for conservative talking points. Uh, Mike Kelly, we've already, okay, well, I I could read, there's tons. I can't read through all these, but I'm seeing all of you making these wonderful commitments. So that is so exciting. Uh, Feel free to keep writing those. I'm gonna turn it over to Elizabeth.
7: Okay, so um, I can tell everybody is very excited about the outreach and doing that outreach with your chapters, but there's no need to wait. We want you to take action tonight by writing your to your representative and spreading the news on social media. So if you haven't already, please use our action tool at cclusa.org energy to write your representative and ask them to co-sponsor the Energy Innovation Act. We've already had over 2,100 messages sent, and you can help us push past our goal of 5,000. And then after you've written to your representative, hop on your favorite social media platform and spread the word. You'll find posts to share at ccl, cclusa.org stw, which stands for spread the word. <laughs>
6: Awesome. Now, while Karina is looking at uh, our questions, I do want to say a little something about letters to the editor. While Congress is out on this um, closing down of the government, this shutdown business, they're going to be feeling super frustrated that they can't take action on the various bills. So we think that uh, instead of urging members of Congress to address, to pass this bill while they are In government shutdown, instead of doing that through letters to the editor, use those letters to the editor to celebrate the work of your chapter. Use letters to the editor as a recruitment tool. So we're putting the focus on chapter growth, which is what uh, Ben told us to do there in the beginning focus on your chapter growth and let the government shutdown happen and then let the government get back. And at that point, we'll jump back into letters to the editor about the bill. So, Karina, what other questions are you seeing? So, thanks, Brett and Flannery for
0: helping answer the questions. Uh, One uh, question that stands out, uh, Daniela wanted to know, this was particular to marketing, um, are there going to be any
7: social post templates available for volunteers and where would they be listed? Yeah, we're updating the social media toolkit and we will have a link for that. Actually, we might have a link available, but I'm not sure that... Um, all the information on that page has been updated, but it will be. It's in progress. And Brett also
6: shared in the chat the spread the word link, so that's that's a where we're gonna put those social media kind of work for you. All right, what else do we have?
0: So people know where they're gonna get information about the bill. One question uh, that I keep on seeing: Is it worthwhile to talk to the Republican members of Congress at this time to be able to get just people to come and support the bill like we would you know, love to have.
2: Nothing ever changes if we don't talk to members of Congress. I mean, this is why we talk about things, building support in the community, because they do have to listen to their constituents eventually. It is a strange time, and this is why we're not necessarily encouraging people to have meetings or send emails directly to staff. We're asking them to use the tool um, because then that can create a record of like how much support there is for the bill in the district, but it's always worthwhile to talk to members. But yes, as we've talked about at other times, sometimes we wanna make this big push now, but there might be more productive areas of conversation around things like permitting reform or other bills. And I think one of the best things to do is just keep an eye out for um, guidance that we send out for the Climate Action Program alerts and for some of the things we will be uh, lobbying on in November. Don't forget, we also have a lobby day coming up not too far in the future. And that's when we'll be talking a a lot about these things.
6: Awesome. We have time for one more question, if you want to pull one out, Karina. And There was another question I saw earlier,
0: and it was particular to EJ. What do you think that we can do at this time to begin the conversation with the environmental justice community?
2: I think we need to continue to do what we have been doing, is listen and hear what they have to say about this bill. And we've been in those conversations, and we've encouraged our previous sponsors of George and we'll continue to encourage Uh, Congressman Carvajal to also um, hear a diverse set of viewpoints about the bill and how it might be uh, improved or changed.
6: Awesome. Thank you, Ben. And uh, Brett, we'll turn it back over to you.
0: Excellent. Thank you all so much. We know that we have many other questions and much time to explore them. I know that we've done a wonderful job of keeping up with many of them tonight, but a reminder for everyone that if you are curious, if you didn't have the depth that you're looking for, here is a link to our forums. You're welcome to post anytime any other questions to continue to engage on this topic, cclusa.org forward slash forums, and we'll make sure to provide this recording by tomorrow on CCL Community, all the pages that we've been posting this invite to, as well as our YouTube channel. And that's easily findable at CCLUSA.org forward slash YouTube. So with that, we are so grateful for all of you being here tonight on this monumental evening. And I'm actually going to pass it back to you, Mark, for some reflective words to close by.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, again, let's thank Representative Carbajal for getting the bill introduced again. That's a big deal. And that helps us a lot. Uh, I also, I, I, don't think I'm probably the only person here that's kind of regularly in awe of the staff. If you have something that gets announced on Monday, dropped on Wednesday, and you've got all kinds of talking points and all kinds of resources, and the, the staff just jumps into action and makes amazing stuff happen, so let's thank them. But mostly for all those who, who are joining us on the call tonight, you are know, the most qualified people on planet Earth to talk about the Energy Innovation Act and carbon pricing. So let's go out and have a big blast without. Let's make a lot of noise, let's make a lot of stuff happen. Thank you for being here tonight. Good night.
7: listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.